Reptilians once dominated the food chain as the largest in their ecosystems, until some natural checks and balances relegated them to smaller bodies that were better at sneaking under rocks and bushes. But nature's memo failed to reach one island in Indonesia. The Komodo dragon is a giant that lives at the top of their ecosystem, capable of taking down even large prey animals. But these unique lizards may have a tool up their sleeve besides their size. But pairing a high weight class with some unique talents is the best way to rule in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I am Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. To check it out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LT Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LTTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about the closest thing to a traditional fire-breathing dragon we're going to get. But more on that later. Okay, yeah. yeah I, thought, <laughs> I was having a panic attack. <laughs> yes. Is this the closest? Yeah. There might be some other thing, like li- tiny lizards that spit poison or whatever. But I don't think there are. I think that's a snake thing. Yeah, sure. And it's aptly named because we're talking about the Komodo dragon. We are indeed. Something with dragon in the name that actually deserves it. Before we get into it, uh, you listeners may have had a hiccup in terms of listening. I think I was I was messing with the um, trying to figure out some analytics, and I did some things, and I think I messed it up, but it should be fixed now. But anyway, can you guess what city is the top in terms of listeners? Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I was like, no, oh, did you actually get? City. Did you actually get some good analytics during? Well, the I time? guess uh, I got. Some, yeah, the uh, iTunes changed the way they do it, so this is iTunes stuff. So there might be more cities in terms of Spotify. Okay, my guess is Fort Lauderdale because those are where all of the listeners I know live. That's incorrect, and that's number three on the list. Oh boy. Who listens to us the most? Is it is it good old New York? Uh, is it Charleston? Is it It's New York City, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, that was a I mean I I guess when it, <laughs> when it comes to cities that have a lot of people in them, I didn't have a lot to choose from. That was a good that was a good chance I was gonna get that right. Oh. Yeah, New York City, Atlanta, and then Fort Lauderdale. So we can assume that a lot of people are just uh, they're they're on commute they're the they're on the F train going going to and from Manhattan to work and they just need a good podcast with some good nature on it. Shout okay. out to our seven spot, uh, iTunes listeners in Berlin. Yeah, uh, guten tag. Do we have any in Indonesia? Do any Komodo dragons listen to this? Mm, yes. No, we don't. There's a dash there. Mm. The Komodo Thailand. dragons are really dropping the ball. New Zealand. 
Nice kiwis. It's, it's mostly English-speaking countries, and apparently German-speaking ones. Yes. Awesome. We are global. We are and so, global, and so are animals. It's a, it's, it's all. They're all over the world, and so this applies to everyone, unless you live in Antarctica, in which case there are no animals on land, at least, except for penguins. Very true. Oh, and the things those those um, birds that eat penguins. <laughs> oh, the uh, are they kestrel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Good no, name. I don't think they're. That's not a kestrel. I don't know. It sounds right. After uh, after watching the documentary on penguins. Anyway, we're talking about the Komodo dragon that would not survive in Antarctica. But the Komodo dragon. Eh, I mean, that's a pretty good name. It's tough to really say that we need a nickname for it. It's just, it's just great. I'm just, I, I always think of kimono dragon. Just <laughs> picture this lizard wearing a kimono. Um, but it's also called the Komodo uh, monitor. Uh, it's named this because it lives uh, on the island of Komodo. But we're gonna call it here, Mega Mushu, and. The Javan Joanna. <laughs> if you're a fan of Rescuers Down Under, you'll know what I'm talking about. Although I don't know what kind of I don't know what lizard was in that movie because that that took place in Australia. It must have been some sort of like big monitor, but it was the size of a Komodo dragon. Goodness! But it's time to taxonomize this. You ready? I am ready. All right. The kingdom is in. Wait, it is in the kingdom that you know love and are in oh i lost my flow is it love it love it like it gotta have it gotta it's have it, yeah. kingdom animalia uh the phylum is chordata because it has a spine class is reptilia uh because it's a reptile makes sense the order is squamata true lizards um and the family is veronidae Genus is Veronus, and the species is Komodoensis. <laughs> Komodoensis. Veronus Komodoensis is the binomial nomenclature. Veronus definitely sounds like the name of a Tolkien god. It does. Of one one of the Valar is Veronus, and he is the lizard god. There were <laughs> some were were focused on singing the trees to life, and others were focused on lizards. And that was Veronis. But, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter Groups! The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of the group of this animal? Or what is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? And there is a particular one for Komodo dragons. It's not just lizards. Because we already know what a lizard, a group of lizards is. It's a lounge. Uh, but if you saw a group of Komodo dragons, would you say, Joe, A, it's a pad of Komodo dragons, B, a grapple of Komodo dragons, C, a bank of Komodo dragons, or D, a collar of Komodo dragons? A bank, a collar. What was the first two? It's pad, grapple, bank, and collar. I go with grapple, final answer. Incorrect. The answer was bank. It's a bank 
of Komodo dragons. Interesting. Because you can trust them with your money. <laughs> they will eat Maybe it they and like keep to it safe. Sit on banks. Yep, that's you. You know what? That's probably it. Makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. Was that they were uh, running complicated financial institutions? Uh, you want to hear what this thing looks like? I sure do. All right. The Komodo dragon is the largest lizard alive today. And I was like, no way. Like, crocodiles and alligators are bigger. And it shows that I... I'm beholden to research because I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, lizards are in the order Squamata and alligators and crocodiles are in the order Crocodilia. They are not lizards whatsoever, but they're just colloquially called giant lizards sometimes. Uh, so yes, the Komodo dragon is the largest lizard in the world. And it, lo it just looks like a giant version of the lizards you might find sunning themselves on your front porch. Uh, they have long bodies and necks with short squat legs tipped with sharp claws uh, for digging and tearing. Uh, their tails are thick and muscular like a, like a crocodile's, and they, but they come to a very fine point, which is perfect for whipping people and things. To shape? Uh, yeah, whipping, whipping the milk. Wh whipping the cream. Whipped cream. Um, and their heads look like they, whenever I see them, I, I I imagine they were like the direct inspiration for Godzilla's head. They look very Godzilla-esque to me. Um, they have rounded snouts, uh, beady black eyes, a wide mouth filled with sharp serrated teeth, and a, a forked tongue with, that I wish Grim a worm tongue had, speaking of Tolkien. I remember watching that movie going like, I need to see this man's tongue. It's got to be forked, right? That's what Gandalf Gandalf says to keep his forked tongue behind his teeth. But nope, they didn't. They didn't uh, cut uh, Brad Dorf's tongue uh, for the sake of the role, and they also didn't animate it. It could have also been a metaphorically forked tongue. In that yes. things he says are things snakes might say. Yes, even though it's, it's worm tongue, it should have been snake tongue. Anyway. I just remember being disappointed as a kid and looking <laughs> and pausing the movie in several locations to look at his tongue. But just like the Tuatara, which we mentioned, which we covered, uh, I think, last season, the season before, the Komodo dragon also has that third eye, the pineal eye. Uh, and that is used to, uh, it's just like a basic light sensing organ. In case you missed that episode. Uh, lizards and frogs, a lot of them, have an eye, a third eye, in the top of their skull. Uh, it's not complex. It can't like see images uh, or distance or anything like that. It's just a basic uh, ocular organ that takes in light. Um, and it might be used for it to be able to, to, uh, to always move itself into the sunniest zone, things like that. Um, but this, this eye, it's, it's not like you just look at them and be like, wow, I'd never realized that all lizards had a giant third eye sticking out of the top of their head. It's in, it's covered by a, uh, a scale and they're almost completely invisible on most animals. 
But the Tuatara, it's it's a little bit more pronounced, which is why we covered it. But the Komodo dragon has one. Um, they have blackish, grayish, rust, rustish, rougeish colored uh, skin <laughs> that is uh, made up of these hardened scales that are called osteoderms. And as the name suggests, it's bone skin, osteoderm. Uh, the bone scales- skin is red. <laughs> Oh, now I, now I just have that guy stuck. But I've got bone saw stuck in my head. It's terrifying. Um, the so the uh, these osteoderm scales are reinforced with tiny little bones, and they're they're very durable. Uh, in fact, these the, they don't have these osteoderms during their juvenile years, um, but they gain them in adult adulthood. And they grow harder. They ossify, becoming you know more and more bony. Um, they grow, so they grow like yeah, harder with age, uh, like a fine whiskey or Sam Elliott. <laughs> Just tougher with age. So I mentioned that the Komodo dragon is the largest lizard alive today. So how big is it? Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know what I mean. Just forget I said anything. Let's move on to where they live. No, no, no. I think I need to see what you're getting at. Uh, welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show that's introduced by you. Uh, it's also part of the show where we present the animal science and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. To introduce the show yourself, send an audio of yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. I don't have a new measure up intro this week. I, f- I feel like what you th- your intro was just all over the place, all over the place. Yes. Yeah, I got the yips at the beginning of this episode. So the things that were like logged into my memory banks had to re- be redone manually. But I still don't think it was said correctly. I, f- I feel like you started and then said a middle part and then... S- I said all the pieces. It was just... It, did you just Pulp puzzle. Fiction your intro? Yes, I did. Did you start with the middle? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Okay, I uh, guess yeah, it's all there. <laughs> but without further ado, uh, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay. Hmm. Is that A, a Texel sheep? B, a giant panda? C, a gila monster? Or D, a giraffe? Pay no attention to the fact that only one of these doesn't start with a G. Um, I'm going to go with the Pixar sheep. The Texel sheep? Yeah, that one. Texas sheep. Uh, final answer? Yep. The correct answer is B, giant panda. That's a giant panda? That's what yep. the panda says? That's what the panda says. I thought he just said skadoosh. No, he says that sometimes. Oh, wow. I had no idea what noises a panda made. Except for skadoosh, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that. Let's Let's get into it. First... 
Speaking of stats and analytics, do you know what percentage of our podcast listeners on Spotify are female? I do not know. The correct answer is 51%. <laughs> wow, that's uh, an accurate representation of the female population in the world, right? It's like 51 <laughs> So at least half of all the women in the world listen to our podcast. Well, just the male to female ratio worldwide is, I think, 5149. The most common LDT listener on Spotify is a woman between the ages of 23 and 27. Are we putting this in the show? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, because of after learning that, I realized we have to... Try to appeal to men a little bit more, kind of even out those numbers. So let's talk length. They're 2.59 meters, to which is 8.5 feet. How many Komodo dragons go into the length of the longest ever monster truck? Ah. Uh, because men like monster trucks. Sure. Though, I don't know anything about monster trucks, except for the, the facts that you're about to hear in this hint. I know Grave Digger. That's yeah. the name of a And I know there's truck. one called... Uh, no, I don't even know that because I forgot. So the the tr- this particular truck is called Sin City Hustler. And it boasts a, 20, a 750 horsepower engine. It was built by Brad and Jen Campbell. So I guess it's not just a man thing. I guess women can like monster trucks. So <gasps> No way. It was built to be a novel limousine for tourists in Las Vegas. Oh, so it's not like a competitive monster truck. No, but it is monstrous and a truck. I was like to be be able to like do those jumps and like run into things and make turns. It can't be that long, but your hint actually really helped. Um, so I'm gonna imagine it's probably the size of like a bus. How long are buses? Like 30 feet? Maybe a bit long. I'm going to go with 30 feet. Might as well. Um, that seems way too long. No, nope, I'm sticking with it. I'm I'm not oscillating anymore. We're good. So, the answer is three and a half. Three and a half Komodo dragons uh, end-to-end go into the length of this limo monster. Final answer. Yes. The correct answer, I'm afraid, is 3.7. <laughs> Komodo dragons. Oh my goodness. The pretty close. The truck is 9.8 meters or 32 feet long. So you were two feet off. I, I knew it had to be something like that. It, it's about the size of a bus. Yeah. Uh, but monster limo is what I want the, the sequel to monster house to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk weight. Since the, since the length was for the, for the ladies, or for the boys, we're gonna we're, we have to appeal to our base now. Uh, so this one's gonna be for the girls. What I was originally going to do was do a, another monster truck fact, and like wait for you to say how is monster trucks for girls, and then I was gonna say m- girls can like monster trucks too. How how sexist of you? Yeah, that was entrapment. But then I decided not to lead you into folly. Uh, so they're 70 grams or I could have totally disrupted that by going like, yeah, I guess girls can like monster trucks too. And they didn't <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay. Then I would have just rolled with it and been like, you're absolutely correct. You don't, uh, 
you, you don't know how accepting I am of new ideas. Half of the people that made the longest monster truck in the world were were a woman. Were <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> True. What? So yeah. What? What do I know? So they're seventy grams or one hundred and fifty pounds. How many Komodo dragons go into the combined weight of soldiers treated by Mary Curie's mobile radiology units, also called Petite Curies, uh, in World War One? Throughout the entire war? Yes. Oh, boy. I mean, oh, oh, oh girl. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, goodness. Oh, uh, gender neutral exclamation. Oh, person. It was um, radiology. Radiology unit. Um, there were little units where soldiers can get x-rayed and like surgery and stuff. Yeah, so I imagine that's every single wounded soldier after this was implemented. Well, here's a hint. Went through one of these. Is it? I. It's Marie Curie, right? It's not Mary Curie. I Marie don't Curie know. is the first woman to receive the Nobel Prize, and the only woman to have the prize in two different fields. During the First World War, she realized. The soldiers needed surgery as soon as possible, and there were soldiers being like their limbs were being amputated. Where if they were back at home and had better care, they wouldn't need to be amputated. So she pioneered field surgical centers with X-ray machines, and also assumed the soldiers weighed 170 pounds, which I, I had a hard time finding. The average weight of men in 1914. I know their height is like seven six or seven six. They're huge. What? Uh, five six. <laughs> they were like about five six back then. The I mean, the also they were like starving in trenches for years. Right. So or months it's probably at a time lighter. The but, World War Two is one of the most horrific things to ever happen. And one hundred and seventy pound person is about five nine. If they are. You know, I said World War II. ideal World War weight I. for their body. What? I said World, World War II. Yeah. World War One was one of the most horrific things. To, I mean, to World happen. War Two wasn't a picnic. No, it wasn't. But like people, we just don't think about World War One all that much, and it's just like in ter- in terms of being a soldier, I can't think of a worse war to be a soldier in. Um, Plus, it was like the first war that you could just be sitting around and be blown up from the sky. Yeah, certainly not the last war, though. Watch 1917 if you haven't. It's a great movie. Um, I'm going to say that I forgot how many people died or how many um, uh, not allied. <laughs> it's the World War One's also weird because there there aren't like there wasn't just like good guys and bad guys <laughs> like there was in World War Two. Uh, it was a lot. It was more complicated than that, um, but which I think is, which is might be might be why we uh, think about World War Two because the villain was so egregiously villainous. Yeah, on all sides. But I think I, th- I think I remember hearing somewhere between English and French troops there was like a a million dead or something like that. Well, hopefully, or a million not casualties. everyone that went through the radiology units died. 
Right. So I'm going to assume that oh, a million casualties, which me, which just means like being put out of commission. So I'm going to assume that half of those needed a, a radiology thing. So I'm going to say 500,000 soldiers went through this radiology situation um, because I don't know exactly when it was implemented in the war. Times 170 pounds is 85 million pounds divided by 150. 150. So 566,000. So it's actually whatever whatever answer I because a Komodo dragon weighs about as much as a person. Um, is whatever answer is, is going to be about the same. So five five hundred sixty thousand. Final answer. Yep. Correct answer is one million one hundred and thirty-three The combined mm. weight of a million soldiers around 170 pounds is 170 million pounds. Yep. Oh, well, I, so I was half. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guessed half. Anyway, that's all I got for that. Why? Oh, I guess you're going to explain why uh how radiology or uh marie curie factors into or world that war was one? just a, a fact for the ladies was a world war one fact well mary 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 one of the most influential women in science okay also indonesia is in the world and world true. war one was a world war <laughs> true the world that's where i live that's where all my stuff is um unless all right. you are one of those people that like has a star that they purchased or whatever or you own an acre of uh of mars yeah even though i don't think you actually do you can't no, actually do I, that no, you you can't own an, an acre of mars don't don't get fooled by groupon but you, you can't own any own land on a mars certificate that says you own land on mars yes you may have you may have traded money for a useless certificate and but you go go on telling your friends that you own land on mars you just have no legal right to uh shoot anybody on that land if they happen to show up (laughs) on it also we don't know if mars has stand your ground laws or castle laws also you owe the martian government property taxes every year and you're uh defaulted on them so it's going to go to a uh it's 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 going to go to a tax deed and some investors just going to pick it up and uh, build a terraforming station on it. Anyway, you ready for some fast facts? Sure are, I am. Okay, we talked about the fact that it lives in Indonesia, but specifically it lives on the islands of Komodo, Rinka, Flores, and Gilimontang. And I'm sorry for having definitely butchered the pronunciation of all four of those places because um, I don't speak Malay. I don't know what they speak there. Oh, I'm, this is this is seeming bad. Um, <laughs> You're spiraling. <laughs> I know they speak English there to a degree, and they also speak. There's a, a large Spanish-speaking population there as well. My my dad went there not too long ago. Um, they so they mainly eat a species of Indonesian deer called uh, the Javan rusa, uh, but they will eat just about any scavenged corpse that they find, uh, and. They will also, they're also cannibals. They'll eat the young of other Komodo dragons. Um, They'll also eat eggs, birds, monkeys, goats, boars, and even large animals like horses and water buffalo, which is nuts. They can live for up to 30 years. um, And 
it can, I don't know if this is stepping onto your territory, but it can eat up to 80% of its body weight in one meal, and then it needs to sit in the sun and digest for like a week. Uh, they have very slow metabolisms, like crocodiles, uh, which al- that allows them to eat as little as once a month, but they need to uh, keep their energy levels high by s- sitting in the sun. Um, otherwise, the f- the food will rot in their stomachs and actually poison them. It's kind of like, uh, I, I noticed this when um, we saw alleg- or crocodiles at the zoo and the... Um, the the employee was saying that they don't really feed them in the winter very much because they do so little and they're uh they don't have enough heat that their um the food will rot in their stomachs because their metabolism is so slow that's for crocodiles and the same goes for komodo dragons they komodo dragons can be aggressive towards humans and have fatally wounded or possibly even eaten several people according to reports including um, they've attacked, not eaten, but they have attacked, uh, celebrity Sh- Sharon Stone's husband, whoever that is. Um, actress, actress Sharon Stone, well, I mean, Phil Bronstein, who was a, a former husband of actress Sharon Stone in, at, in LA, um, under certain circumstances where females are isolated from other dragons, they can actually reproduce asexually. This is like the morning gecko, which we covered a long time ago. Check that episode out. Um, but they can lay eggs without knocking any boots. This is called parthenogenesis, which again we mentioned in the morning gecko episode. Um, and only males are produced this way. And they found this out recently. Interesting. Pretty crazy. So yeah, if you if you have a Komodo dragon. And it's a female, and you leave her alone for long enough, uh, she will just lay eggs that are uh, basically male clones of herself. And it's because it has something to do with the um, the chromosomes being folded uh, so that they're... I, I forgot. I, I'm not qualified to uh, <laughs> to go into that. And that's that's major fact-worthy uh, information. Komodo dragons are pretty awesome. But there's another major fact that I'm sure you will expound upon. Indeed. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, Komodo dragons are the largest lizard in the world. I knew it. That's it. I did it. Just kidding. Uh, They're thought to reach that size because of something called insular gigantism. Do you know what that means? No. (laughs) It's like uh, when a species is isolated on something like an island, then they grow larger than their wider world kin. That seems like the opposite would happen. Well... The opposite of that could be considered how things are little in dense forests. So, like, jungle cats are usually smaller than plains and savanna animals. Elephants or are the same way. Yeah. But you'd think uh, that, like, it would be like keeping a, a fish or a turtle in a small small uh, aquarium or terrarium or whatever, and it'll, it'll never grow as big as if it had much more room. So you'd well, think if that- you... If you have a big enough island, room is not the issue, but you might be protected from larger predators. That's true. Which I, I'm not really sure exactly how that translates to bigger sizes for them, unless they just have an abundance of food resources without many predators. So 
they longer lifespans. Yeah, bigger and bigger, bigger. So their large size makes them unable to sustain high speeds for long, but they are built for ambush. Uh, dragons will wait in, at ambush sites and spring on victims and overwhelm them with lacerating bites. There's okay. In most cases, they kill prey in 30 minutes. That's how they tend to eat. They'll attack yeah. something and kill it. That's like that's too, an ambush predator normally does. That is too long. <laughs> in so, in less than 30 minutes, so sometimes shorter, especially if they're a little a smaller prey. Um, but they can also bring down stuff like water buffalo, which is big. In some cases, larger prey can shake off a dragon and get away. And reports say that, or escaped prey will die within a few hours to a few days. And then they are swarmed by hungry dragons. You may have heard that Komodo dragons can do this because their bite is toxic. All of this that you're about to hear is something that I thought up until doing research for this. So legend has it that a Komodo's dragon's saliva contains deadly bacteria that comes from the rotting chunks of flesh in their teeth from for- former meals. Okay. Uh, I wrote formal meals, so like they're white. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's eating some creme brulee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so conventional wisdom suggests that a single bite can make an animal fatally sick from this bacteria. Uh, and that, that was based, that came from some studies where they found kind of some nasty bacterias in Komodo dragon saliva. So that, this has been the, this has been the prevailing prevailing wisdom for a while, but that's not true. None of that is true. It so doesn't have any all, bacteria in his mouth whatsoever. First of all, like they don't, they don't, as thought before, hunt like a cobra, where they will strike and then sit back and wait for something to die. They usually go for the kill. Um, and then also, some studies did find dangerous bacteria in Komodo mouths, but it probably isn't due to poor oral hygiene. Dragons apparently. Sp- spend a solid 15 minutes cleaning their mouths after a meal. They'll lick their lips and teeth and rub their face on dried leaves to remove excess blood and meat. So if that's true, why does wounded prey die? One of the simplest explanations is that they die from infected wounds because animals with open wounds often die from infections. Uh, Komodos attack prey by inflicting these lacerating bites uh, not by efficiently killing blows like lions or leopards. So they're not going for like the back of the neck or oh, yeah, head. neck snap or something. So these deep wounds typically cause animals to bleed out, but if not, it could cause infections. Certain prey like water buffalo run to water when threatened. Running into unclean water with open wounds can cause them to become infected. So, hmm. On the other hand, there is another potential explanation. In 2005, researcher Brian Fry found venom genes in Komodo dragons, like traditional venom venom genes, not bacterias from rotting meat. Um, So then in, in 2009, an MRI on a Komodo dragon skull found glands that could contain venom, and then they later took the gland out of a fatally or a 
mortally sick Komodo and found that it contained venom proteins that could stop blood clotting and lower blood pressure. So this could increase the speed an animal bleeds to death, uh, making the Komodo at least slightly venomous. Huh. However, critics of these findings suggest that there may there may be many purposes to having these proteins in a reptilian mouth. It may not be used as venom. It may be to break down certain foods. So it the, the, those it remains to be like discover what those proteins are actually for. But it's pretty conclusive that there's they don't kill by uh, bacterial infections in their bite. What about uh, blood loss? They do kill by blood loss. Yeah, that seems like a pretty effective strategy if something gets away. Just like, oh, it'll eventually bleed out. I did cut it with many, many of my mouth knives. But they don't do that intentionally. They don't, they don't like, go in, take a bite, and wait. They try to kill them right there and then. Yeah, so it Which seems... Which makes sense, because you don't want to waste energy tracking an animal. No, but at the same right time, you don't want to... It makes sense for animals to do what you're saying. The what you're saying the Komodo dragon doesn't do, um, like the cheetah bites and then lets it die, because then you don't have to fight the animal. You're not putting yourself in danger. Uh, it it dies on its own, and then you can go and and eat at your leisure, um, because it's just crazy. The Komodo dragon is taking on like a water buffalo, something that could just trample it to death uh i read something that they're not usually their natural territory doesn't usually overlap with komodo territories um well even a deer even like a full-grown deer is it's pretty big but i mean you've got sometimes hundreds of pounds of lizard i said 150 pounds but like the tops are like much heavier so these aren't small guys. They can take down a deer. Plus, yeah. island deer might be smaller than like your white-tailed deer. True. The jo- the Javan uh, was it the jo- the Javan Rusa? It's not a name for a for a deer. But yeah, did not did not. I always thought that like Komodo dragons have rotting meat in their mouths, and if they bite you, you'll get a bacterial infection and die. I thought that too. I think it's true for Gila monsters. I don't, you're not going to die. They do have but- venom. They have venom. They have straight up venom. Gill monsters. Oh, as okay. far as I know. So the Javan Rusa males can be like three hundred and fifty pounds. I know deer are pretty heavy, but it seems like they go after their like stomachs and necks. The Komodo dragon does. It just seems like you're you're just asking to be kicked in the face. <laughs> uh, if you are an animal that's so low to the ground and you're attacking a a bovid. There might be videos of the the way they attack. Yeah. It just seems like that you I guess that that explains kind of why it made sense to a lot of people that they would hunt this way. Made sense to me. I mean, they can even take down horses. And they're not pack hunters. Although sometimes they do kill things in packs just because all of them it, want a, want a piece of the meat. Yeah. They just have him be there. They also swallow prey whole. They have flexible jaws and flexible skulls and flexible stomachs. So they can kind of do the do what snakes do best and uh, and eat something as large as a goat whole. 
That's crazy. It's and also it, it's f- interesting. Like if you watch, look up videos of a Komodo dragon attacking something. Sometimes they'll just kind of like waddle up, and just the unassuming, I don't know, like unassuming prey animals will just kind of sit there. Is it doing like what Ka does in Jungle Book? It's just doing trust in me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Can't do I can't do a good poo voice, so I can't do Ka's voice. There's oh, a com- this is, I do not recommend looking up a Komodo dragon attack. Uh, there's a Komodo dragon at the Jacksonville Zoo. It's very cool. I was like, that's the only... I don't think I've ever seen one before until I came to the zoo. And it's massive. Because, like, having chain mail for skin is great for things not piercing it, but, I mean, if a horse kicks you, uh, the chain mail is not going to do much good. I'm looking at um, a video of one attacking a deer, and the deer... They seem to be similar in size. Maybe it goes after just young or something like that. But I didn't read anything about it only only going after young. It seems like it goes after full-grown adult mammals. What a primordial animal. It's Gojira. He's the, he's the primordial uh, guardian of the earth. You got anything else? I do not. No. So, that was the Komodo dragon. They uh, they do not have they do not hunt with their bacteria. They do have bacteria in their mouths, like everything does, almost yeah. everything. But it, they it's not deadly, um, unless I guess it gets into an open wound of yours and you just get an infection and die anyway. Infection seems like such an unreliable and slow way to kill prey anyway. It's like okay, I bit him. I guess in a week he'll be dead. <laughs> Find, find, it's a small island. I'll find him eventually. I have one more thing to add to the fast facts, and that's that the only reason that it can swallow prey whole is that it has a special tube that comes out from underneath its tongue that connects to its lungs and allows it to breathe while swallowing something whole because it can take like half an hour to swallow something whole. And it will even... There, there are videos of a Komodo dragon eating a goat and it takes the goat and rams it into a tree to shove it down its throat. And so much so that in some cases, the tree falls over. It, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, this, this, this is all made possible by, well, first viewers like you, and also um, by a, a tube underneath its tongue. So now, now my ending will make sense. So, for you out there in Podcastia, enjoy sunny days. Keep your semi-toxic spit to yourself, and only swallow your prey whole if you have a special tongue-lung tube like the Komodo dragon here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Let's 
Death and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> the, man, I'm I'm just seeing like the the way it comes up to like there's one where it eats a monkey and it's how did it catch a monkey? The Komodo dragon is just patches from Dark Souls, like unassuming. It's like, hey, you want you want some treasure? Are you a cleric? And then they're like, oh, I don't know. And then it and it strikes.